Hello and welcome to the Expat Partner Podcast. My name is Julia Mida and I'm a life and leadership coach, author and ex-expat partner. In this podcast, I will bring you ideas, inspiration and interviews so you can use this transformational time abroad to create a life that makes you happy and fulfilled. Hello and welcome to the Expat Partner Podcast. This is episode number 18 and my name is Julia Mida. As always, I want you to ease into the podcast, so please close your eyes and take a deep breath. And I'm happy that you're here. Today I have an interview for you and it is with Katharina Gera. And uh, we are talking about money and finances. And Katharina is um, the best person that I know um, to talk to when it comes to money and finances, because she's a finance, finance expert. And I have learned so much in this interview. It's really amazing. And um, you might even hear it because I'm thinking <laughs> and processing what, she's, what she says during the interview. And sometimes I'm struggling to come up with the next question because I'm I'm processing um, it myself because Katarina is really um, good at um, encouraging um, women to take care of their own finances and to really take a look and no worries this is not about um, where you should invest or if you should buy um, a house to to rent it out and to make money this way or nothing like this it's really about um to look at your lifetime earning potential, to um, to look at the decision that you are making um, when you go abroad and what it means for your finances and for your career and how it will affect this. And also um, at what numbers to look at when you make the decision and also what you, um, how you should talk to your partner and what you should talk about and um, to get out of this victim role. It is a really interesting conversation and what I really like is that Katarina is not finger pointing at somebody and saying okay you did this wrong um, and you made the wrong decision in the past but it's empowering and um, looking forward what you can do and then that it's not too late even when you're already in your mid-40s to look at your finances and to take care of them. So I really like the interview. I've learned a lot and I hope you do too. So enjoy my interview with Katharina. Today I'm here um, with Katharina Gera and I welcome you to the Expert Partner Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, it's uh, really great that you are here actually because the topic that we are talking about is money and finances for expert partners. And this is something that I'm definitely not an expert in, but you are. And yeah, so I'm happy that you will um, give us your knowledge and uh, um, everything that we need to know about money today. <laughs> yeah, so Katharina is, um, uh, just to tell you a little bit about her, um, she um, is working in the finance sector and has been um, doing this for some time and she also studied at the London School of Economics and she studied abroad and lived abroad not as an expat partner but 
for herself and uh, she just knows a lot about money and she's also doing um, workshops and um, presentations about uh, women and finances. So we, are, we will be focusing on um, women and money today a little bit. Yes, thank you very much for the kind intro, Julia. Um, I think one of the first um, one of the first um, thoughts that I would like to start this conversation on is that no matter what you think about money and what your um, current financial situation is, it's never better to not talk about money. Um, I know a lot of people think that that's um, a kind of taboo and it makes them feel uncomfortable to even think about money. Um, but it's one of the realities that we need to deal with in life and also in relationships. Um, so the more you are aware, um, the more you know about your situation, the better you can reflect on. And I think the more truthful the conversations with yourself, but also your partner will be. So I'm happy that we have the opportunity today to shed some light in an area that somehow um, is covered with darkness in most cases. And therefore, um, I'm grateful for the opportunity um, to encourage you all to start looking um, looking more at the financial situation as a whole. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, one topic that you, you touched is really important, the relationship part, because as an expert partner, you are in a relationship. <laughs> and um, that's the reason why you are um, living abroad. And um, so... I think we will talk quite a little bit about um, relationship and money today. And um, so what I see, especially from my clients, when they um, when I coach with them, um, they don't like to talk about money. They always um, try to not look at it because um, they're in a very strange situ situation sometimes. They um, often they are strong women but then they um, have a husband who is often in a very high position um, often they are executives and they are offered to go abroad and then they decided to go with them and then they live abroad and they often they are not allowed to work or they can't because um, they've been a teacher or something in Germany and they just can't work um, when they um, when they live in another country and so for the time that they live there, It's okay. I mean, they are financially um, um, secure. It's it's not. They have money for for every day. Yeah. So they um, they're not poor. They are not struggling with money. And um, everything is seems to be okay. But I think it's really just um, it's not true because in reality they are not earning any money during this time. They're also not thinking about it. And often when they come back, um, they have trouble to get back into their job or they, um, they are sometimes um, they, uh, um, a couple separates when they come back. It's, it's very common, unfortunately, with um, expat partners because everybody changed. And then they are really in deep trouble when it comes to money because they didn't look at it and didn't think about it before. And this is so scary that they decide not to look at it at all before. Mm. So, yeah, that's really scary. 
Yeah. Well, so let's let's try to approach it from an end where we say, okay, if you are in a situation right now um, and you are an expert partner and you think, oh my God, that sounds like me. Uh, I haven't looked at it. Um, what can I do? I think um, the very first um, thing you can do is have a look at your current situation. Um, what is the income of your um, partner? What's the income compared to what it was? So, you know, technically, how much more does he make now um, that you've been living abroad? And the second look you should do is what did you earn before you came and what was the situation then? And what are you now missing out on? And if you calculate that for the time of the expert assignment, whether that be three, four, five years or, or maybe just 24 months, um, then for the first time you have a, a good first indicator of what in financial terms that decision to join your partner on the adventure of going abroad means. And let me be clear, there's a lot of emotions around that entire expat thing and why you go and there are multiple, multiple reasons why you know um, couples decide to do that. Um, what I would like to encourage you all is to take a bit of a step back and for once, put on glasses that say only financials. We only look at it from a financial perspective for once. We're not challenging the decision. We're not judging the decision. As it is, we have a look at what the situation is. That usually helps to not be afraid to have that look. Um, it gives you the authority um, also um, you know, against your own inner self to, to have a look and if you have that common or basic understanding of um, those numbers like actual real numbers so so let's just look at the numbers let's assume you made 50,000 euros gross per year um, and you've decided to go abroad for four years and you end up um, not having made in that four-year time period 200,000 euros gross right that was the price that you paid income-wise to join your partner. Now, let's assume your husband made 80,000 um, gross before, per year gross before he left, and now he's making 100,000 plus the expenses, but you may have additional expenses. So, you know, let's stay at 100,000. So he makes 20,000 euros more um, each year, which would accumulate to 80,000 in four years. Now, the first question is, was that delta really worth it financially? Or do you consider that an investment because you think it was a great career choice um, to go abroad because he will even make more money or have a better career afterwards? Um, now, whether or not you consider it an expense, an investment, or purely an adventure um, already sets the tone for the discussion. Um, and once you started with that, once you have a first number, um, I think then it's the time to look at your personal opportunity cost. Also, after that assignment, are you able to go back to your job? Are you able to make the same kind of money? Are you able to go back full-time or were there kids in between? Um, how else has you know the expert time impacted your perspective on your future career because maybe you don't want to go, uh, don't want to go back to your job 
So all those things are then the next step after you've looked at the status quo. Um, and then you can have a, um, you know, have a perspective, develop a perspective on um, how your life uh, and particularly your financial life is going to be after you turn. I think it's for, for many people, especially the discussion, like, um, I mean, looking at the numbers is already quite tough and putting on those financial glasses for the first time often. Uh, that's already tough. And then you see it's not just 10,000 euros that we're talking about or dollars. It's a lot more. And then, um, and then having this discussion with the partner, I think it's really scary for most people. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. Transparency um, has the tendency to hurt at, at first look. Um, I do believe that it will also show you the type of connection that you probably have with your partner right now, the level of respect. Um, the level of appreciation um, and needless to say, I believe it's still worth it also because it may reveal some, you know, some things that um, otherwise are only revealed later when it's either too late or it's in a fight or the situation and the setting is more um, uncomfortable in the first place. However, let me also, you know, take a positive look on it and say, Everybody of us has a dream, has something they, they still want to do in life. Um, is it, uh, you know, to travel the world more? Is it to start a company? Is it to be a yoga teacher? You know, you want to be a coach. Um, you want to have, you know, just a more regular career change. Whatever it is, try to think of what you could do with that money and have an maybe inspirational uh, discussion on, you know, we always said when the kids are out of the house, we want to travel the world or we want to live in Africa for a year or whatever it is. And, you know, take that positive momentum, that thought, um, and try to start the conversation on that end. Um, it shouldn't, you know, turn into a... Um, a kind of too nitty gritty, detailed, too precise um, discussion where there's a certain level of anger or bitterness. I don't think any of us would like to have a conversation with our partner that has started on bitterness. Um, so try to keep an open mind, um, an analytical mind maybe for that moment, but not a bitter mind and also not... Um, you know, mind that is um, just, you know, accusative. I don't think that that helps um, neither for yourself to open up to the conversation nor to your partner. Hmm. And I think it, uh, some um, couples might also be surprised um, on how um, the partner reacts because um, sometimes um, we then give the husband the chance to also open up to his own dreams and that he's allowed to talk about it because he, of course he has dreams too. And um, maybe sometimes the, the conversation will go in a different direction than we think, um, but it also, it just helps to have it. And um, I think it's a very good point that you say, don't try to do it. Like don't go in um, to have a fight or to be, yeah, to be bitter or angry or to feel, 
shame um, or to feel um, lower than your than your partner, but try to come on the same level on eye level and then just really talk as two people about it who both have dreams and um, yeah to look at it on the on the positive side yeah. Mm. And then I think you can also, when you start on that note, you can expand it beyond financial means because you can say, okay, what actually, what type of life do we want to live? What makes us happy and what do we need for that? Um, so, for example, if you're considering a career change um, or you're interested in, you know, any type of further study, qualification or whatever, I think it's then easier to have that conversation and say, look, um, I've come with you. I consider this our joint adventure. Um, I'm also excited for the opportunity, but realistically, I also understand what that you know means for me financially. So, you know, let's make sure that, for example, we we still continue to pay um, for my pension, um, or we continue to pay for a savings plan that I had. Um, let us make sure that we are both, you know, um, health insured on the same level before and after that time. Um, so you can then broaden it to qualifications, to your dreams, and then financials is one part of that. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes maybe men also think, oh, she wants to take something from me. Or then they're like, oh, are you actually already thinking about divorce? Why are you even coming up with that topic? So if you've never thought um, and talked about money before, you know, some couples have completely separate bank accounts. Some couples don't even know exactly what their um, other partners earn. Um, well, if you do make the commitment to join, you better probably at least once are very clear um, about that situation because um, no matter what choices a couple you made, whether or not you put it all in or you're very separate, at the time of joining an expat abroad, you become one. You become one team. Um, you got to live off that one salary. Um, so I think latest then it just can't be that, you know, you just have a card and you just end whatever you think is right um well you know it's not just the day-to-day -day living expenses that matter it's you know where it takes you for your full financial life mm -hmm. so when you um have this discussion maybe before you even go but um, so your, your husband gets the, the opportunity to move abroad um or to to be um, going as on an assignment abroad And he wants to go and you're discussing that um, if you want to go or not. And then you look at the, the numbers and at the money and you come up with this number of, for example, 280,000, the, the delta of 280,000. Um, what, I mean, this will impact the decision somehow, but if you still want to go, what can you do um, to, yeah, to, to do it, but to not feel like a victim or like um, be totally dependent on your husband. Mm -hmm. Because the delta will always be in your mind if you think about the numbers before you go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, technically the delta between the 200,000 gross and the 80,000 gross that he makes more is, you know, as a couple, if you combine it, right, it, it's the 100 um, and... Um, 
20 because he makes some more and, and you make less. However, you know, coming back to your point, so one is you can change an nuptial agreement. Um, you can either add or um, start having one um, that gives you the clarity that even um, when you come back and there would be a potential um, separation, then you at least are rewarded not on the last 12 months of your income, but on, you know, what you missed out on. Um, and, you know, sometimes I would see that to be prorated. Sometimes I would see that full amount taking into account. It comes uh, back to how much the delta between the two income levels is. Um, and I think that's certainly something that, um, let's assume you have that conversation and your partner says, oh my God, um, you know, why would you want that? Um, maybe even even calls you greedy or whatever. If your husband doesn't value the commitment and the support that you offer by coming with him, if he doesn't recognize how valuable that also is for his career, that he's even able to do that step, then I think you should really listen to your inner self and think, am I willing to take that step nonetheless or not? Because honestly, um, if that is the situation and there is such a disbalance, the likelihood that you're going to be the one couple that has the separation afterwards, I think is, 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 you know, is quite real. It's quite tangible. Um, so you know, you better know that now before you've missed out than later. And, um, you know, as I said, with health insurances, savings plans and the like, just make sure that you're not the loser um, and just make sure that you as a couple, you know, consider then yourself as a team or at least equally balance out um, the living standards um, as well as for him, but also for you and potentially the children. Mm -hmm. Talking about children, when they come into the mix, I mean, it gets even a lot more complicated. <laughs> so is there something you can tell us about that? Mm -hmm. um, I think there are a few, um, a few life situations that need to be distinguished. Um, if you have double income, double career couples with no children, um, then also the mass around that and all that becomes pretty straightforward and simple. Now. Um, whether or not you had children before um, or, you know, children come during your time abroad, that makes a big difference already. Because, um, you know, if you look at it from a bit of distance, you could say, well, um, she, for example, had two children before we left. They may be, I don't know, one and a half and four now. Um, she hasn't returned to work. Um, and that's a question, would she go back to work? you know, if they weren't going abroad. Um, and then, you know, the, the question becomes a bit more expanded on just the expert assignment, but then, you know, one has given up their career um, technically, um, you know, to take care of the children and take probably take care of the family home, which, you know, often comes in that package. Um, then you, to a certain extent, more protected, for example, in Germany, because you can um, have a certain reward um, in your pension scheme for having raised children. Um, and, and you may feel that that was your choice in the first place. And it doesn't really you know, matter where you live, if you live in Germany and do that or abroad. I would argue I don't quite agree 
but I could understand why somebody took that point of view. Now, if in another scenario, um, both were working and then they go abroad and say, well, look, we wanted to have children. This is the best time to do it. Um, then I think it's very important to have that decision, um, have, have that discussion on what that decision means financially. Any interruption of, you know, continuous primary work will have a decisive impact on your lifetime earnings potential. And I would, um, you know, try to encourage um, any of the listeners and any women who are in a situation like that to know what that means for their lifetime earnings potential, not just for a year. It's not just the liquidity on the bank account that matters, um, but there are significant decreases in lifetime earnings potentials after um, child breaks, uh, particularly if they are longer than a year. Um, and in that particular case, I feel the expat situation you know, comes in handy, but that discussion still needs to be had. Um, and the couple then needs to find a way how they think about sharing income, about rewarding family work rather than just paid office type work. Um, and that expands the scope of the situation where also the children's well-being needs to be taken uh, into account. Um, you know, children also means a different spending pattern than before. And I think that's the right time to have a general discussion on, um, you know, probably more the next decade than just the expert assignment. Hmm. That's really a lot to factor in. <laughs> um, so you said that when you have a break longer than a year, and I mean, and being an expat partner is often longer than a year as well, um, mm -hmm. that it has, um, it impacts the lifetime earning potential. How does it do that? I mean, why? Mm, so that data is derived from, from typical family breaks. Um, and there, there are certain factors that um, are important here. One is, do I still want to go back in my old job, right? Most often the decision is no, because I traveled more than I want to now. Um, I worked more hours than I want to now. Um, I felt, um, you know, just that that job isn't it for me. So a lot of it is um, career changes. But most importantly, um, what happens is because, you know, when you have children in, in, in an age where careers are still made, that usually, unfortunately so, hopefully always less increasingly, but still, um, um, you know, still in, in, in most of our lives, the reality um, that there is no further career progression. Um, a typical example is, I don't know, let's assume the couple is 30 both. Um, they have a first child. Um, she takes a break. He continues to work. Usually, oftentimes, that's a career booster for him. Um, so he starts uh, on the next step in, in his career, um, and she is not. And then usually, you know, he continues to make more money over time. So his lifetime earnings potential increases, while she usually at least remains on the same career step um, or even degrades to a certain extent, plus doesn't go back to full time. So if you calculate that over 
um, you know, the remaining 35 years of their working life, um, then on average, um, uh, the largest percentage of these women don't really make more than a bare inflation increase. While the average salary increase um, for um, fathers in that time is, you know, uh, somewhere between five to seven percent um, over their lifetime's earnings potential. And that sounds now a bit technical. Um, what it just simply means is you give up on future income. Mm -hmm. And um, if you use your expert time to stay connected to the job, to maybe have a qualification, learn a new language, you know, do something then you, you know, for your, for your career and for your, you know, later life, you might consider that an actual benefit. Um, and that could be the case, but you would need to think carefully about that and just make sure that, um, uh, you know, um, you also are connected or you just, you know, keep up your employability and your, um, uh, and your connection to, to the jobs you want. But, um, you know, I mean, he definitely will have a better career through that, right? Um, I've hardly heard about experts, you know, um, being rewarded such an opportunity and then having decreased career choices afterwards. Whereas you could argue that for the joining expert partner, it's um, much more likely that that will have a negative impact on the career. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really a, a tough choice to make. Um, but um, it's always better to really to, to make a conscious decision. Because I think, especially as an expat partner, during that time, you feel so so safe. Most of the time, they don't worry about money at all. And then they don't look at it, and then they come back, and sometimes the fall is high, and they come back. Yeah. And when then, when then it's the first time that they think about, okay, do I want to go back into my job, or do I want to go back to another job, or do I want to work at all? Um, and if I... Am I employable still? Um, then it's really, it's, that's tough. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. And I think another factor that's, um, you know, misleading and also feels to a false sense of security is most of the time you have a fixed contract for, let's say, a five-year period, right? So, you know, um, even if there are redundancies or if there's a economic shakeup, the, the likelihood that that ca contract is canceled is much lower than usual, right? So that gives a certain, you know, security level already. Then certain expenses, I don't know, school fees, travel fees, housing allowances and the like, um, allow you to have a living standard. Um, and then depending on which country you go to, you even start having maids, you start having a gardener um, and, and all other things and perks that you didn't have back home. So there is a certain lifestyle attached to that that cannot be substantiated, um, you know, back in Germany, for example. So um, I think that needs some level of reflection and awareness and also um, education, for example, with children again, um, depending on how young your children are, they might be used to that type of lifestyle. Um, and then they come back and sometimes they have readjustment problems too, because, you know, You've you've kind of had it all, and and uh, the family needs to settle back in. Would and then particularly tough when, you know, the the joining partner realizes that, you know, I don't know, the career is just gone, 
or you know significantly um, um, impacted by that. So I think particularly expat situations, more so like family situations that sometimes have quite the contrary. Um, you know, if you have children and you stop working, then you know females tend to already know that you know this is a financial decrease and they adjust to that um, also in their spending behaviors. But expert families, you know, usually go the other way. Um, so the fall, as you called it, is particularly hard and steep. Hmm. Oh, that's a lot of tough love that we are giving <laughs> listeners here. <laughs> um, but uh, let's end on, on a positive note, because what we really want to do with this conversation is to um, have our listeners to, to start thinking about it even though it may hurt sometimes, and then to, to be empowered to make conscious decisions to come into clarity. I think that's very important. Absolutely. I mean, um, look, no matter at what time you are, before the expat, during the expat, you know, maybe close to the end or just finished, in any case, a conversation and transparency about it will help. It will help prevent even bigger crises. Um, you know, luckily, usually when you are an expert, you know, you come from a certain social status that will allow you to have options, that will allow you to have access to also to information um, or, um, or, or a network um, that can help you, um, you know, manage whatever your particular situation is. Um, it's absolutely worth it. Um, now is still the time compared to whenever you are, for example, in separation, um, to start saving, to start um, thinking about it. And um, the, the, the sense of achievement and the sense of maybe also having a positive impulse on your relationship again, seeing how much your husband cares about you um, and, and what great life is ahead of you um, can be sparked by a conversation led on a positive note about finances. Um, and I would all, um, you know, encourage to, to use that note and to start it under that mindset and then actually be, be well prepared and, and good prepared for everything that comes. I think those are very, very good last words. Thank you so much for um, this interview and all the information that you gave us. And um, is there anything, if somebody says, okay, I want more information about this, um, is there something that you know about in English that um, people can listen to, talk to, or look at? <laughs> well, my primary um, sources are usually... Um, um, mostly in German. I would definitely know, think that Anne Connelly, for example, with her um, homepage, hermoney.de, um, you know, based on career, her career is certainly also fluent in English. Um, but I would think that there is, I would actually need to check. I don't know that by heart. Um, there are the three German um, sites I usually highly recommend. Um, and um, if somebody has a specific situation, I would just, you know, invite them to contact you, Julia, and then you forward it on to me, and then I can look because, you know, 
given expat could be anywhere between Australia, China, America, or wherever on the planet situations might be so different that it's worth having a particular look on, on each of the individual situations. And then I'm happy to um, direct you as best as I can to, to good sources. Perfect. Thank you so much for everything. <laughs> It was my pleasure. And I thank you, Julia, for, you know, also tackling that um, issue. I, I, I think that you've kind of broken a barrier that maybe many women have and podcasts like that provides them with the opportunity about it and you thank you <laughs> thank you yeah so i hope you liked the interview with katarina and um if you want to get in contact with her just um yeah send me an email and i will connect you with katarina and she might help you even further and you can send me an email to podcast at dreamfinder-coaching.de or send me a message on facebook Or Instagram. If you want more information like this and also in a safe and closed group, you can join my expat partner circle. And um, yeah, I'm this is a network that I'm just building up right now. It's a it's just a newsletter and it's free, but I will be connecting people in this expat partner circle um, in the future even more. And this is a safe group to um, yeah to talk about topics like this about finances and money and um, all the other things that come when you are an expat partner and yeah I hope you join us there and in addition to this podcast episode I did a video and it's about the victim role and that you should really take a close look at things and be honest with yourself so if you want to know more about this um, yeah just um, click on the video link um, that I have in the show notes. And now I wish you um, a wonderful week and hear you next time. Bye. This was the Expert Partner Podcast with Julia Mida. Thank you for listening. If you want more information on how you can create your dream life, please visit my website. You will find it under www.dreamfinder-coaching.com. There you will find all information and links for this and other episodes. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, and I would love to connect with you there. If you have questions or feedback for me, or if you have any idea for a topic that I can cover for you in this podcast, please email me under podcast at dreamfinder-coaching.de. I wish you a wonderful day, and please enjoy your life.